Good evening, everyone. Um, I'd like to thank Bob for prayer on my behalf. Um, I'm blessed to be able to present a lesson to everyone this evening. Um, I just pray that uh, what I have to, to bring will be in alignment with God's word. And I pray that you will seek it out for yourself to ensure that, that what I'm speaking is truth. Um, I'll be sharing my thoughts this evening over Acts chapter 11. And if you would, turn with me to verse number 1. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentst in to men uncircumcised, and didst eat with them? So the Jews, they were pretty appalled. They were disgusted with the fact that Peter went and, and had supper with the Gentiles, that he was delivering the word of God to them. You know, for, for the longest, the Jews, they've always been God's chosen people. You know, coming up, always been told, you know, you're God's chosen people. I would assume you would take some pride in that. And so they were pretty proud about that. And that was something that they, they didn't want to share. They didn't want to share the grace of God with anyone else. You know, I'm um, pretty blessed to have Bailey in my life. I absolutely love cinnamon rolls. And I don't care what anyone says, she makes the best cinnamon rolls, hands down. Um, I will argue that hands down. And uh, she uh, came and told me one day, you know, I want to start sharing my cinnamon rolls, baking them, giving them to families. And, you know, I was like, okay, you know, that's a good idea. You know, that's what I told her. But I was kind of salty about that. You know, those are mine. You know, that, that was my best kept secret. And you're going to let that out. Um, you know, I kind of imagine that's, that's kind of how the Jews were. You know, they, they felt entitled with the position of being God's chosen people. <clears throat> um, and so even at that point in time, even though Peter was a Jew, they were divided. This created division amongst them. They didn't know that Peter was only doing as God had commanded them. We're currently in a unique situation in our world. There's a lot of things going on. And if we aren't careful, we too can be divided. If we allow our emotions to dictate our thoughts and our actions, and those thoughts and actions don't line up with God's word, and I suggest that we may want to take a step back and reevaluate our thoughts and emotions. If you would, let's continue to verse number four. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel descended as it had been a great sheet let down from the heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. Upon the which, when I had fastened mine eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth, wild beasts and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay, and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean 
hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. Here we see God comes to Peter, and he gives him specific instructions. He tells Peter to rise and to eat. Being of Jewish custom, Peter explains he cannot eat anything common or unclean. And God tells him, what God has cleansed, you may not call common. This happens three times. You know, God uses repetition to get us to understand the importance and magnitude of certain, certain things. If we would, let's continue to verse number 11. And behold, immediately there were three men already coming to the house. There I was, sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. The Spirit directs Peter to go with these men, doubting nothing. Don't ask questions, just go. You know, I'd like to take the time to to highlight Peter's devotion and obedience to Christ. You know, here's a man that's willing to fight to the death for our Lord and Savior. You know, he cut a man's ear off in defense of Christ. And so he is willing at a drop of a hat to do as he's instructed. At this point in time, his attitude is the same as the Jews that are questioning him. He's doing as God has told him, but he's still... I'm, we're, we're, we're God's chosen people. You know, I'm going to go, but he, he's questioning it in his mind. He's, he's skeptical about the situation. <clears throat> if you would, let's turn to Acts chapter 10 and verse number 28. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Here we see that Peter now understands that God was referring to the Gentiles when he said, What hath cleansed you must not call common. Again, going back to to reiteration, and to, to bring the situation up multiple times. You know, Peter thought that God was talking about eating food when in actuality he was referring to the Gentiles. So let's go back to Acts 11 and verse number 13. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us at the beginning. 
So here I want to go back and it, it's telling us that Peter's going to a house, so he's actually going to meet with Cornelius. Um, if you would, let's turn to Acts chapter 10 and verse number 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. So here's a man who is devout to God, a Gentile. He isn't a Jew, he's a Gentile. And he gives much alms. He prays to God always. You know, these are traits that we must have as Christians. God calls us to be obedient and devout in order to be able to do his work. We must do that always. Now, if you would, turn with me to Acts chapter 10, verses 24 through 35. And the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for. I asked, therefore, what intent ye have sent for me? And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting unto this hour. And at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon the Tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee immediately. Immediately therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So here we see, it, it kind of gives us a background of what's going on. So, so Peter is meeting with Cornelius, and initially, you know, God, when he, while he was in his trance, God came to him multiple times. And then the Spirit guided him to do this. You know, he brought, he brought six of his men with him, and, you know, I'd, I'd be pretty skeptical myself coming into a foreign land, coming into someone else's house. I mean, you're in someone else's territory. You have no clue what's going on. But, but God leads us, and, and it's just our job to, to follow his lead. Um, so last week, I was talking with Braden and Matthew, and we kind of got to talking about going out to Braden's house and, and shooting some guns. And so, you know, in my mind, I've 
never went and shot guns before. I'm thinking, oh, you know, we're going to go. A few of us will be outside. You know, I was thinking maybe we'll shoot some targets, shoot in the air. I really had no clue what was going to happen, but I was like, okay, that sounds like it'd be pretty interesting. So a few days later that Friday, we're all in a group text, and um, it's like there's going to, somehow or another, a text came and there's said there was going to be around 60 or so people there. And so now I'm like, okay. So I inquired about that, and they said, oh, well, uh, some of the wives and the children are going to be coming. I was like, oh, okay, sweet. So immediately I was like, babe, you and the kids, y'all can come. Because I thought it was just going to be a small group of, of, of fellas. And so she was like, really, babe, all of us outside, me trying to chase five kids while everyone has guns? And I got to thinking about Lincoln and Aria, and I was like, maybe that's not a good idea. I should have inquired a little more, and I would have found out the situation. So Saturday, I end up going by myself, um, pull up to Braden's house, take some donuts inside, and the women and children are in the house. Um, Jacob got there around the same time I did. I jumped in his truck, and we drive to Braden's parents' house. And so we're pulling in, and I'm like, okay, well, this, this would have worked if they had came. But So we're pulling in, and as we pull up, Sawyer and Seth are pulling up with us as well. Um, again, I have no clue what to expect. There's a line of cars there. There's quite a few cars there. I'm still, okay, this will be fun. Just not thinking anything of it. So I get out. Sawyer and Seth have their shotguns. Um, and I decide just to kind of walk up. I still can't see anything. And I get to a point to where I can see the entire situation. And I don't remember how many exactly. I'm going to call it 18. But there are 18 individuals just standing side by side with shotguns. And immediately, I know these are my brethren in Christ, but I'm, I mean, there's 15 white men with shotguns. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm so alerts are just going crazy and so you know I'm, I'm at this point my I'm slowing down my walk and I'm just like and um Mrs. Graves I don't know if she seen that I had the deer in the head like looks or she thought I didn't know I don't know what she thought but she came over to me and she was like hey Zell how you doing how's the family have you ever shot guns before and calmed my nerves a bit. She kind of went over gun safety. She was like, yeah, when they're standing up there, you only put, you don't put one in the chamber until it's your turn to shoot. And she kind of explained everything to me. And, you know, I kind of got, the edge got taken away. But let me tell you, initially, and, and I, I didn't bring a gun myself, so I was just a sitting duck were my thoughts. Um, so it, it, it actually turned out amazing. Um, we had a really good time, um, but I just stepped into uncharted territories, and again, that goes back to Peter. You know, he's coming into this house clueless of what's going on, but God told him to do that, so that's exactly what he's going to do. Excuse me, I'm kind of trying to figure out where I'm at. I apologize. 
Okay. So yeah, so as just as we read in Acts chapter ten verse twenty eight. It, it shows basically God revealed everything to Peter and everything unfolded as it was supposed to unfold. So now, by this point in time, so Peter has explained the situation to the Jews. And so now things are starting to make sense. They're starting to understand why he did what he did because that's what he was instructed to do. And as we read in in verse number 15, Acts 11 verse 15 where it says and as I began to speak the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord how that he had said John indeed baptized with water but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the light gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. And so here, this is, this is the marking of the point to where Christ's sacrifice for us was extended to everyone, to Jews, Gentiles, whites, black, red, green. No one is excluded. If you would turn with me to Mark chapter 1 and verse 8. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So that, that was the significance of verse 15, when the Holy Ghost fell upon everyone. It, it was the, the realization and basically the start of God's church. If you would turn with me to Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 6. And he said, <clears throat> It is a light thing that thou shouldst be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. So that was, that was prophesied, it was prophesied that this event would take place. And it was just furthering knowledge for the Jews and helping them to understand that God's plan of action was beginning to unfold. <clears throat> when the Holy Ghost fell upon Cornelius and his family and friends, 
as well as Peter and his men that day. That was an eternally binding contract that whosoever is obedient to God's word is able to have salvation, eternal salvation. Now, if you would, let's go back to Acts 11, verse number 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Greeks, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed, and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man, according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So, again, just, just going back, the, uh, Acts 11, I feel like, is just a... a chapter of preaching and teaching and calling us to do God's work. Um, going back to, to Peter and Cornelius, we see Cornelius' character. He's already devout, devoted to God. God sends Peter to build upon that foundation that he already has. He already has the love of God in his heart, and now he's being taught. You know, I, I go back to that Saturday, once my nerves left, you know, Mrs. Graves showed me how to stand. Mr. Graves showed me how to look down, down the barrel. And first few times, I didn't hit anything. But as they continued to teach me, by the end of the day, I was knocking some clay pigeons out of the air. And, and it, was, it was awesome because I was taught. And... Cornelius having the love of the Lord in his heart, he already has, he, he loves to give. He loves to pray. He, he's already a devout follower of the Lord. And so now he's getting blessed with the word of God so he can continue his love and, and his, his spiritual journey. You know, as, as we see the end of this chapter, it, it speaks on <clears throat> Barnabas 
excuse me, he speaks on Saul. Men of Cyprus and Cyrene. And it talks about these men carrying out God's work. You know, we're called Christians in Antioch first. And it says the church just continued to grow. They were there for a year in Antioch. And I, I just can only imagine just how it was there seeing different nationalities coming together and learning. You know, I want to go back. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking, saying, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Yeah, that 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 just had to be a sight to to be able to have that many personalities, nationalities in one place, and to be able to understand everyone. You know, Cain's been working in Sea Graves, and we've went over and fellowshiped at the congregation there. And I remember the first day we walked in. Um, a gentleman was singing in Spanish. And so Stanley and I kind of looked at each other and Kane and just because we were like, okay. But we went ahead and went in instead. And it was individual singing in Spanish as well as in English. And it was just beautiful, harmonizing. And after the service, you know, Stanley said, I feel like we just had a glimpse of heaven. And I absolutely agree with them. You know, we're all going to be one. And despite all the differences we may have, we're all going to be one as a body of Christ. You know, I was looking up a few, just some different ways to, 
to say a few words. Gott ist allzeit gut. Dios es bontad le temps. Dios es bueno todo el tiempo. God is good all the time. And that was in Spanish, German, and in French. You know, I, I can read those words. I don't know if I butchered the way you say them. But, you know, and I'm sure y'all didn't understand them initially, but that, that's how I feel it's going to be. We will be able to have a clear understanding of what God has laid out before us. If you would, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 11 through 16. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man, men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head of even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We're all blessed with different talents. And as we've seen in Acts chapter 11, God calls devote, loyal, faithful men and women to carry out the work of his church. And just as, as we've seen in terms of Peter, he told him to do it immediately. And so we can't wait to do things for the Lord tomorrow or next week. We have to start right now and continue that great work. Again, the times that we're living in, in a world that's continually to be exceedingly dark. And it is our jobs to be the light, to continue to carry out the work of the Lord. Those are all my thoughts that I have for tonight. I pray that what I've said will be edifying and that I have spoken in alignment with the word of God. If there are any that feel that they would like to be baptized tonight, please come to the front row. Or if there are any that are in need of the prayers of the church, please come to the front row as we stand and sing a song of invitation. <laughs>